What is going on, everybody? My name is Josh. Welcome to the Barca Blog Honest Podcast. Hope everyone had a good week. Uh, I think it's safe to say most of us in here probably had a better week than Barcelona had. That was uh, that was something, huh? Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about the PSG match, uh, Lionel Messi, and that's pretty much it today. Um, in terms of news bits, I think the only interesting thing for me is... Uh, Laporta hinting about Erling Holland, which uh, listen, I think, I think if there's anyone who I would uh, who who I could pick to bring to Barcelona this summer, it would obviously be Lionel Messi. I would pick to bring him <laughs> uh, to Barcelona. If there was anyone else, I think it would be Erling Holland. I think he is. I mean, clearly, right? Like, I'm not saying anything new by saying he's a specimen. He's a natural goal scorer. All that. Blah blah blah. He had two goals in the Dortmund win over Sevilla in the Champions League midweek. Kind of re-brought some attention to him. I think also he would just he would look great in Barcelona colors. Um, and here's the thing: if we're going to consider a post Barcelona or a post Lionel Messi Barcelona, as hard as that is to uh, to kind of wrap your head around, I think to have a fatigue. Griezmann, Pedri, De Jong, Erling Haaland, core is encouraging. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that's like the the most like milk toast, lukewarm word I could uh, I could have said. Uh, wow, yeah, <laughs> I guess encouraging is 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 the right word. That would get me like excited. Um, I'm already interested just from a story storyline perspective for a post Messi Barcelona. Um, I'm obviously not interested in, uh, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I really am interested to see how Barcelona will, and they're, they're going to flail at first, I think to be fair. Uh, but to see how they, how they recruit, how they transfer, kind of in opposition to how Real Madrid did it post Ronaldo. I think Real Madrid were more um were more prepared to move on post Ronaldo one because he hadn't been there as long. He wasn't the he was an icon, right? And I'm not I'm not comparing them in terms of on the pitch quality. Uh in terms of like in terms of what they mean to their club. Messi obviously means more to Barcelona than Ronaldo meant to Real Madrid. Uh so I it's not comparing apples to apples. It's apples to like Granny Smith apples, I guess. I don't know. The analogy went off the rails. Anyways, I am incredibly interested in what a post-Messi Barcelona will look like. I'd obviously rather that's, uh, you know, that, that can be kicked down the train tracks or whatever that proverbial saying is. Like, let's, you know, l- let's not let that happen this summer, hopefully, would be the goal. Uh, but I am interested in to see how Barcelona react, recruits, strategize, do all that stuff in a post-Messi Barcelona. Um, but again, I hope that isn't right now. That being said, Erling Holland, come to Barcelona. It's, it's going to be, you know, fun, <clears throat> I think. Uh, yeah, you, you can link up with Dembele. Anyways, so uh, PSG 4, Barcelona 1. <laughs> I mean, man, uh I think when I thought about this match beforehand, I think 
last week's podcast, I said it was up in the air. You could tell me any scoreline. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I definitely wasn't surprised watching it. Like this is the first time I've watched PSG this season. Um, so I think my, I was obviously impressed by their attack to be, to be fair. Like there, this, this isn't new for them to be this efficient, especially against the Barcelona defense. Like we've talked about over and over and over again. Uh, Mbappe's hat trick was obviously incredible, but I think the, the vulnerability of Barcelona in the back line was obvious. Uh, it showed, um, like watching uh Gary Lineker tweeted out a picture of uh <laughs> of I think it's PK just trying to grab onto Mbappe's jersey or his kit and uh Mbappe just looks like freaking superman running um anyways PK looked tough uh everyone just looked bad man uh Linglet struggled heavily against Mbappe um, there were times where they just looked completely unaware and oblivious to what was happening around them. Like the, the man marking on Moise Keen for the fourth goal was just, I mean, <laughs> it was just bad. Like Barcelona's defense was all around bad. There's not much more breaking down I can do from that. It was, uh, it was embarrassing and it's disappointing to see this in a big match like this. It wasn't surprising though. Like like I said last week, I would have you could have told me any scoreline from this match, and I, the only one I really would have been surprised by was if the scoreline were reversed and it was Barcelona four, PSG one. And just from like a an onlooker's perspective, like obviously, you know, this as you know, as the Barca Blagrana as podcast host and Barca Blagrana as writer, I want Barcelona to advance in the Champions League. Clearly, uh, it makes my job more interesting. I want to continue to cover Barcelona in the Champions League. But just from like a an onlooker's perspective watching this match, like PSG were breathtaking, man. Like I <laughs> they really were. And they weren't even full strength. Like they were missing Di Maria and Neymar. And we're gonna talk about this in a minute, but the fact that Messi got like an up close <laughs> and obviously Messi wasn't I, I doubt Messi's headspace was like, wow, this team's really impressive. Like I, you know, Maybe I should move to them this summer. Um, I mean, he had to have been like a little bit impressed. Maybe. I maybe Messi doesn't get impressed, but maybe he had to look at that and say like, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that wasn't even going through his head. But for me, right, like just from a, from a football fan perspective, I was watching Mbappe is just the best. He really is. He's so much fun to watch. His, I think the, I think the first goal, I can't remember if it was the first or the second goal, his his touch in the box and the control he had to bring it down and then to move a little bit to the left and then smash it in the top left corner. It was just, I mean, it's just beautiful. He's so technically gifted. And obviously, you know, when he was at Monaco a couple years ago, the thing that we focused on, or at least I focused on as someone who doesn't, you know, I'm not necessarily aware of um, deep football tactics the thing that was obviously so breathtaking about him was his, his pace and his speed and his ability to move on the ball uh, and it, to, to some extent his control. Uh, but to see how far that uh, that has come along and to see how good he is, it's just like, I don't know. And everyone knew he was this good, right? But just watching it, because I don't get to watch, I, I don't watch PSG that often. Uh, and just 
you know, he's he's unbelievable. And this isn't a PSG podcast. We're supposed to talk about Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona were horrible. I don't really know what else. Like the penalty, they they scored off a penalty. Like congratulations, uh, four away goals for PSG. That's, I mean, it, it it's over. It would be very reminiscent of their comeback against PSG in, um, in 2017. But there were obviously some things different about that, right? Neymar was on our side. Uh, Barcelona were capable of scoring six goals, and they were home. So, granted, they're going to have the you know they could win four four zero, and they would go through. Um, well, I think they could even win three zero, right? Because they would have no PSG would have more away goals. They'd have to they'd have to score four. Uh, they'd have to score four, only concede one to take it to penalties, or score four, and concede nothing to take it. I mean, wow, that's hard. <laughs> Jeez, man. Yeah, so uh, Barcelona probably, in all likelihood, are not going through in the Champions League. They are down 2-0 in the Copa del Rey to Sevilla, which all of a sudden becomes way more important. Uh, I mean, it, it, I think it was important before, but like I've talked about before, you know, you prioritize the Champions League first. But now that that's... They're going to need a miracle to uh, to come back against PSG, and Neymar might be back. We, we don't really know. Uh I think this is the first not I take that back. This is not the first, but this is like another real step, another real like milestone moment in the discussion, the speculation, the covering of Lionel Messi and Barcelona's relationship. So post PSG loss, where do Lionel Messi and Barcelona stand? So some news. Uh there was a report that Manchester City are distancing themselves from a Lionel Messi move. Uh, this is from this is from the story that Jill wrote. Uh, Lionel Messi's future continues to be the subject of speculation, but the chances of the captain swapping Barcelona for Manchester City may be reducing. Uh, there was a report from BBC Sport that City are distancing themselves from the links with the forward. Uh, the report says a club source has denied City have tabled a revised Messi offer. There are currently no talks. Um, I, I don't really know what that means. There's here's the thing, it's PSG. Um, it's definitely PSG. <laughs> like that's the team. Uh, I'm City. I, we're obviously a, like a, a number two, but if I'm Messi, man, like one. Uh, City are, you know, they're they're pretty they're pretty clearly ahead in the in the Premier League. Uh, they're still in contention in the FA Cup. And in the Champions League, like there's a there's a chance that they still come out with one or two trophies this year. It's, in all likelihood, they're going to come out with at least one. So City are going to be still impressive, but uh, but man, um, so Mbappe's future is a little bit weird, right? He has a contract that expires in 2022. Um, Neymar's deal also ends next year, and there's a lot of moving pieces, right? Like it remains unclear if PSG can sign. Lionel Messi on a free, uh, whether they can afford the contracts. And I just got to say, if anyone can do it, it's PSG. <laughs> uh, those guys have money. Uh, you know, if I know money's a little tight for most clubs, but if anyone can, you know, bundle a few hundred million or whatever, <laughs> or whatever they're going to need, or well, I guess it's, I guess there's not a trans, there, there would be no transfer costs. It's just contract fees. Yeah, they can definitely do it. So presidential candidate, uh, our good friend Juan Laporta, Laporta, Laporte, Laporta. Uh, obviously, his you know he was quoted this week saying, "quote I will do everything possible for Messi to stay, 
Messi should be valued with the affection he deserves and with a suitable financial package. It's not about the money. He needs a winning sporting proposal. Leo wants to win again with Barcelona. I know him well. I have a good personal relationship with him. He is not someone who is here for the money. He will need a competitive sporting offer because he's a win. Because he's a winner. So I obviously, I, I would say that most would agree with this. Uh, I, I also think it's unfair to say someone with Messi's level of wealth isn't also interested in money because I, he's, he's, he's obviously interested in money. But, right, like what's the best opportunity for him to win? So what would have to change at Barcelona for Messi to be convinced that it is the best place for him to continue winning? I just don't see that path. I don't. Whether you want to say that's without Kuman, whether you want to say that's adding David Alba now that he's not staying at Bayern Munich, whether you want to say that's adding Alba, Holland, and some more quality defensive players, I don't know. I just don't see a like a reasonable path. The path for Messi to view Barcelona as a more suitable winning option than PSG doesn't exist for me. I, I don't see that scenario taking place. PSG, as long as things don't go horribly wrong, are going to be more appealing from a I want to win right now perspective. They just are. So I'm struggling to see the path forward for Messi and Barcelona at this point. I like the more so than the like Messi needs a, you know, a quote competitive sporting offer, end quote, is like his ties to Barcelona. That's gonna be the thing that keeps him there. Because it's not gonna be a more appealing situation from a winning perspective. It's just not. There's no way in the current financial situation that Barcelona will be more appealing than PSG from a purely on the pitch perspective. Like he could play with Kylian Mbappe and Neymar. I <laughs> I don't care what Barcelona put out there. Like that's not competing with that. Um so yeah, like the whole situation is like the PSG loss doesn't help, but I also don't really know I don't know how much it hurt it because to me it was always like Barcelona weren't going to win the Champions League this year. They're just not. And so they're probably not going to win La Liga either. And so it wasn't going to be about current trophies. It was going to be about whether the heartstrings were being pulled enough for Messi to want to stay at Barcelona. And that's just like, that's a question we're going to have to wait and see. Um, either way, what a uh, what a weird time in Barcelona. <clears throat> the last two knockout matches in the Champions League, Bayern Munich and uh, in this PSG game. It's crazy. Return leg few weeks away have some time to to recoup some morale and attempt a crazy comeback but it's not looking good so hope everyone had a uh a decent time listening to this the Messi and Barcelona stuff is obviously the most interesting thing in the next few months for Barcelona we'll continue to cover that at barcelonas.com subscribe to the podcast if you have not already we are on Apple Google Spotify Stitcher Overcast all the places to get your podcasts and I will talk to you next week thanks Oh.